Hey everyone, it's another new episode of Find Your Film. This is episode number 132. We have a lot to get to. We have three featured films this week. Saloom. Eric, how do you pronounce it? Saloom or Salam? Saloom? Salon? Saloom? Saloom, right? I Saloom? believe they said uh, Sloan or Saloon? Saloon, maybe? Saloon? Yeah. Okay. Saloon, Bruce? I'm thinking Saloon. What do you think? Salam? I'm thinking I'm thirsty. If we're going to go to a saloon. <laughs> okay, very good. Some whiskey and very, a dirty glass. Very, stop with the jokes. I have to always have to put in these com- comedic laugh tracks when you, whenever you do it. I love them. Love those jokes. <laughs> okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut that one out, and I'm going to put that in the no, music. I'm, try, I'm trying to help. I'm going to gonna cut that out. No, what I mean that is I'm gonna, I was going to cut that out and put that. I'm going to use your, your laugh now instead of there, the canned laughter. Yes. All right, all right let's, let's get quiet so I can get a real clean one. <laughs> okay. There you go. Oh, very good. Very good. Eric that Holmes. Good. That is Eric Holmes' canned, canned laughter, but it's actually live, so it's good. It's better than the iMovie laughter that I've been supplying over for our podcast. But anyways, so Saloom, Salam, Salam, Saloom. I'm going to call it Saloom Medieval. There's an epic adventure called Medieval, which is headlined by Ben Foster. And Eric, I, if there's one thing I'm really annoyed by the last week is as Bruce at the early hours of the morning, has he just completely nagged you about how awesome medieval is? Have you gotten those kind of dude? He would not stop calling. Oh, it's like Eric, Eric, I know we're recording on Wednesday, but my God, I love tiny cinema so much. You know, it's like, ah, I know. Bruce. Oh, tiny I, cinema. Okay. Oh, I was wait, thinking medieval. I was thinking, and he, so you got the calls for tiny cinema. That's the third movie. We're all of it. All, all of it. it. Tiny cinema. Bruce love, I guess Bruce, Perky loved this movie called Tiny Cinema. I don't know if we're trolling Bruce or maybe he's actually thinking Tiny Cinema is one gigantic, humongous, amazing movie. And maybe he loves Medieval. Maybe he loves Saloom. Salam. Saloom. I don't know. I think at least one of them you're going to love, Bruce. What, what This whole hodgepodge of movies this week, the featured movies, how has it been for you as far as watching any of these movies? Has it been a good movie watching a week? Are there stinkers involved with this week? Oh yes, there are stinkers there, are, but I I will bring some Febreze to the the, <laughs> the scene to get rid of some of them stinkers. Oh, very very good. So so you get to actually wipe these. These are uh, stinkers that people should not watch. Who knows? Maybe we might have a little bit of a, a nice verbal duel regarding what. Oh, and and Eric Holmes put both thumbs up. I don't know. I think we I, might. Be- I love verbal duels. So those, those are the best reviews to have when everyone's yeah. got different takes on things. And don't think I know, I, how to, I know how to win the verbal duel. All I got to do is put a little smoke up, and you'll be dead. <laughs> there you very, go. very, very good. Okay, that is a, that. That is a well. Let, let's just say that is a reference to a movie called Medieval. We're going to be getting to it very, very soon. Eric has a couple of recommends. Same with Bruce. He has this bird in flight kind of movie. I don't even know what it's about. It's called Bird Boy. So we have a bunch of stuff. I think that oh, that is the for our YouTube watchers. That is a picture of two birds, and they're some kind of red background. It seems interesting. seems kind of cool. What's very, very cool is also in the heart of the show, it's also going to be a director spotlight. My choice for this uh, for this round is director Samuel Fuller. The movie we're covering is his epic masterpiece, his lifelong dream project. No, it is not. It is not White Dog. That, that White Dog is his last movie. That is actually Eric's dog in the background. No, no. Eric, you you could you oh Eric actually muted himself. That was Eric's dog, not the movie White Dog from Samuel Fuller. We're gonna be we're gonna be covering the World War II epic, the Big Red One, headlined by Lee Marvin. Before we get to anything though, there's going to be a little bit of a plug. There is our buddy 
Brad Finney, a.k.a. Bradley Rotten. He has a new podcast up on YouTube. Eric Holmes, even with the bog dog or the bog darking or the dog barking, it's fine. <laughs> Can you tell us what's going on with Bradley Rotten, a.k.a. Brad Finney's new podcast? What is it? Yeah. Well, real quick, we're uh, baby, babysitting a friend's dog. Mm-hmm. And uh, she likes to be a little asshole. And so they, they'll probably be barking a couple times in the background. But I'll try to mitigate that as much as possible. But, yeah, yeah I just saw that uh, Brad Finney put up a put up a, a YouTube video and I went and listened to it. It's mostly wrestling centric, mm-hmm. but with, obviously we had uh, Brad Finney on the show before and he's a cool guy. So I was like, well, I'm going to listen to this podcast and just fin- figure I bring it up on the show. So if you go on YouTube, uh, just uh, search Bradley rotten and it should be the first one that pops up. And yeah, right, Bradley- it, at the moment he just has the one, the one video, but I'm sure there's more to come. Yeah, we've had Brad on the show before, you know, for an earlier guest. Uh, we, anything, any thoughts, Bruce? Did you like having our buddy Brad uh, on the show, Bradley? Bradley? Yeah, I miss yeah. miss seeing him as much. I see him a little bit on on Facebook and stuff, but I haven't heard enough from him. We need another uh, wrestling documentary or something to pull him in here and uh, talk to him again. Yeah, and hopefully, there's like you said, Eric was saying it's going to be a wrestling centric podcast. But I was listening to pieces of it. I really enjoyed it. He. He was actually saying, Greg, don't worry. It's, I'm still learning on, you know, I learned pretty much learning on the fly. It's not perfect yet, but it's going to get there. But I, I like from, I like what I heard so far. And Brad is a very interesting conversationalist and he's going to be covering a lot of pop culture stuff as well and different topics on his YouTube. Like Eric Holmes said, look up Bradley Rotten on YouTube. That should be interesting. It's his initial episode is up right now. Now, Let's get to our first featured review. This is a movie that is currently on demand right now. It's a movie called Tiny Cinema. It's a movie that really spoke to me on a real level because it's a horror thriller, comedy, black comedy anthology. It's one of these things where, and if you love Twilight Zone or maybe Black Mirror or The Outer Limits, that kind of genre, you might really plus throw in a little bit of DIY indie cinema to to, to the equation. You might actually enjoy Dreads um, Tiny Cinema. It's just called Tiny Cinema. It's directed by Tyler Kornack. Some really interesting, interesting elements. The first episode, the first installment deals with a couple. They're throwing game night. And what happens is when they're, they're playing some kind of game, someone said, that's what she said. And the main guy, what he does is the rest of the segment has him trying to find out who's she. Does not un- he does not understand the joke, and the rest of that's it's just a cockamamie kind of segment. You're either gonna go on board with this with the silliness, which I believe I did. I really enjoyed it. Or there are some people who will really not like it. There's another there's another installment where a guy he's really never pretty much he's never in how can I say this he's never ejaculated before. So what happens is his good buddies because bros will be bros. They're gonna make it their mission to. No matter what it takes to make sure their good buddy is, is, if can get actually aroused. And for some reason, this guy who has never, he hasn't ejaculated for a long, long time. And the only time he ever did was, you know, I'm not going to give it away. It's just, it was a weird way he did it. And that's the rest of the segment. There's a, there's a lot of interesting things. There's, there's a segment on dad jokes. There's just some really interesting stuff. I loved. All of the flourishes in this movie for a limited budget, and I love the deadpan drywood humor. Did Bruce Perky like the deadpan deadpan drywood humor of Tiny Cinema, directed and uh, co-written penned by Tyler Kornack, or was it not your f- type of cup of tea? Uh, it was not my cup of tea. I uh, 
I like deadpan dry wit humor. To me, this is kind of more like basic humor. This is like, to me, you compared it to what Black Mirror and a bunch of other stuff. I compare this to um, SNL skits where they have a super simple concept that you get within the first 30 minute, 30 seconds to a minute. And then they drive it into the ground for another eight to 12 minutes. And sometimes that works. Okay. And the best that any of these work for me was okay. And then sometimes they just don't work at all. Or if you're like the one skit, what was it? Uh, I think it was deep impact. Uh, it, sometimes they're just straight up vile, uh, which that one I would give like a negative 3000 on that one. Um, <laughs> Wait, is that the one where she, she finds she's trying to look for Mr. Right guy meets his dad. And there's a time, there's a time loop element to it uh, in the desert. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. The, the punchline of that takes it from just kind of dumb to actually vile, terrible that what it's actually saying is happening in that is, is horrible to make as a joke the way they did. Um, anyway, uh, that's just my personal taste on that. The first one is the best. The, the, that's uh, what she said, that's what she said. And I think the last one is the second best, which is the dad joke one. Uh, and the rest are all just variable, variable levels of, yeah, I could, I, I was very much watching my clock in this movie all the way through. I think I was rating them each as I went and the, the top rating I got was two and a half stars. And that was for the first one. So. Okay. All right. All right. For me, this overall, this movie was a three and a half out of five star for me. This is a solid recommend tiny cinema. I really, you know, you, th- you mentioned SNL skits. There, there is a skit ish type of flavor to it, but unlike you, I enjoyed all, pretty much all of it. There was one mafia segment that was a little bit underdeveloped, but I still enjoyed it. I still had a good time. Eric, your thoughts on tiny cinema. Yeah. Uh, I, I love this one. Uh, <laughs> this was like uh uh i wrote that like page and a half of uh, uh that movie about greg and what he does in his real life and it was like uh really stupid and this movie was exactly that it's almost like let's get in eric's brain and see what movie he thinks is hilarious and then we'll write that and shoot it and i very much appreciate him for doing that this has uh this actually has like a lot of uh a lot of humor similar to like david wayne or if you've seen, I think you should leave. It's got that kind of thing. And I, I guess it's not for everybody, but I, I, I always appreciate it, especially more, more on the David Wayne side, Wayne side where the, the humor is just like, I mean, the, that's what she, she said joke just going on for 15 minutes is pretty ridiculous. It, it's almost that, that thing where like the joke's kind of okay. And then it's stupid. But yeah, if it goes on long enough, it becomes funny again and it becomes hilarious. And that's not the way it works for a lot of people. Sometimes it starts off okay, then gets stupid and then just gets aggravating and they, <laughs> yeah. they don't want anything to do with it. But for me, it's kind of okay, gets stupid and then becomes and then just goes all the way around again, becomes brilliant. Eric, um, what did you think of the segment with Bruce alluded to the one in the desert where there's a, that time loop? What did you think? Did you find that offensive or did you enjoy it? I mean, a lot of this was offensive, I did, but I didn't care. I did. I just thought it was funny. I mean, the, the, what, what's the sit back, relax and get uncomfortable is the tagline for this. So I, I think it, at least with the, with the, uh, marketing, it should have a little bit of an idea of what you're getting into. Um, my, my favorite one was the, uh, the dating one. Where she is looking no, for Mr. Wright and he's that that one was really good. A corpse that, that by the LA was, River. <laughs> that one was really good. Uh it was it was kind of like a 
I don't want to get too deep into it because I, I don't think the movie really goes for it. But I, I did like the uh, comment on dating of, uh, but, but he's just dead. It's like you can change him, and then she changes him, and he turns into a uh, the, yeah, insufferable right. hipster. <laughs> insufferable hipster. Yeah, that's it's very like, good. I'm done with you. <laughs> but uh, no, my favorite one was the one the the buddies trying to get his uh, get their friend laid. <laughs> yeah, get get and the friend had, excited again, aroused. Had now, I've I've frequented frequented Pornhub. Mm-hmm. Never heard and of even, it. Yeah, even with that, Tiny Cinema has the greatest cum shot I've ever seen in any <laughs> film, whether mainstream or pornography. Very good. Uh, Chef's that, kiss. Oh wow! And a- and the uh, I'd, I'd like the uh, the I guy the, the narrator going through the whole thing. I hope you were. I hope you were. I hope the effect was a chef's kiss because whatever was you were doing was interesting. Oh, I was kind of. I was kind of like making my fingers <laughs> clean and doing chef's kiss at the same time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. This is. But, a, but this, yeah. this 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 movie to me, um, the humor is not at all uh, like Beavis and Butthead, but. I, I liked it in the same way where Beavis and Butthead's stupid and I'm just kind of on it, on its wavelength. I really love it. And same, same with this one. It's, it, it's dumb. Uh, so, you know, sometimes it gets clever, not too often because I think, I think first and foremost, this is a comedy, but it does the, it does the comedy with like a kind of a horror thriller setting, which I think is, is pretty fun. And, uh, yeah, this, this is just good stuff. Good stuff. I, I, I wouldn't recommend it to everybody, but I I would say watch the watch the first one, what because it's a anthology. There's six of them. I would say watch the the first one, and if you get through the first uh first uh segment, and you're like, Ugh, then just bail. Um, but if you get through the first one, and go, hey, <laughs> then keep going because I, I you know there's there's more to be had here. I think. Right. That's said. Okay. Look. In, in that that is very good advice, but the thing is, the movie right now, as we speak, it, it hit theaters September second. It's currently on demand, so you can actually, I believe, rent or purchase it. So, if you did purchase it, well, and you're and you're at Bruce's camp, too bad. But if you're if you're renting it, maybe yeah, like Eric said, watch the first one. If you're not really on board with it, maybe th- that's pretty much the rest of the tone of the movie. Okay, so again, for me, Tiny Cinema, solid recommend, three and a half out of five stars. Bruce Berkey, your rating on Tiny Cinema. Uh, if I average it all together, I'm probably one and a half stars. One and a half stars on Tiny Cinema. So that one and a half meaning like you really loved it or? <laughs> it's better than a number one. It was one and a half. It was the big red one and a half. Big red one and a half, an illusion to Sam Fuller. Okay. You, you got me back on your good side, Bruce. Okay. Eric, what is your rating on this on Tiny Cinema? Well, I mean, it's obvious. It's 6.9 no. out of 5. <laughs> yeah, of course. Wow. Wow. <laughs> six. Fact, when so when we watched this, I checked it on IMDb and it had six point nine out of ten uh, stars on IMDb, which was perfect. And I think since then it's went up to seven point one or something. So we need to get those numbers back down to where it needs to be. Yeah, just put me in there and it'll knock it down a little bit. Exactly. That, what, <laughs> I'm doing it a service. Is what that, I'm doing. That's why we got Bruce here. You know, we can't we can't all give it six point nine out of five stars because then it's going to be just ten out of ten on IMDb. We need some people to bring it down a notch just so we can keep it at that perfect six point nine out of ten. So again, I'm going to put a fine point to it, Eric. You're giving it six point nine out of five stars because why? Because this just this is just right up my alley as far as humor goes. It's I mean, I, I give 
fucking movie 6.9 out of 5 stars. Like, how only am I not going to love this movie? This is just right. They just, they, I'm trying to do a baseball analogy, but I don't watch baseball, but it's like they pitched it right down the middle of the thing. And then the baseball batter guy hit it out of the park. And I don't know which one the, this movie is in that analogy, but. Yeah. Okay. Eric Holmes just said Tiny Cinema is a creative home run. It hits all the bases, it clears all the bases, and it scores in a very methodical and wondrous fashion. It scores. Okay. (laughs) As far as, as far as Tiny Cinema goes in baseball analogies, this movie is simply quote unquote, the natural. Actually, that's what, that, that's what Bruce Perky said about Tiny Cinema. Is that correct, Bruce? Is that what you said about Tiny Cinema? It's the natural? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> actually, I think, actually, I, yes, Eric. Eight I'm, men out. It's eight men out. <laughs> I may have, I may have to bring it down to a 6.8. Why? There weren't enough 69 jokes in this movie. That, that's literally my only, my only problem with this entire thing. All right. And yeah, this is a very good movie. Very, again, three and a half for me. And again, Bruce, one and a half, and then Eric, 6.9 stars out of five. I'm good, For our social media, I'm just going to say five out of five. So people, Thank and then know. people, if, <laughs> once they wanted to investigate what our, our three-star banger or one-star banger. through me. <laughs> red X <laughs> through me on the picture. Okay, speaking of X, I'm going to ask Bruce Perky. Bruce, epic fantasy adventures with swords and, pos- and sh- swords and shields and scimitars and mace a not mace that the way you where you actually spray people but people hitting over the head with just like uh, that weapon i think it's called a mace are these your type of movies do you do you kind of like these kind of things um i would say not generally i mean i like the lord of the rings movies especially when they came out those are really good but those are kind of more fantasy too so but like historical epics with swords and knights and stuff yeah not so much i mean i know everyone excalibur Excalibur is is cheesy fun, but trippy. Uh, it's John Borman, so it's got some style to it, but it's also pretty laughable. Okay. And long. <laughs> long. Laughable and long. Now, okay, now here's a movie. It's directed by Peter Yackel, and it's co-written by Peter Yackel as well. The movie is called Medieval. It's headlined by Ben Foster. Ben Foster plays Jan Ziska. He is a 15th century Czech icon and warlord. He... Quote in IMDb summary, he defeated armies of the Teutonic Order and the Holy Roman Empire. But for the purposes of this epic film, Jan Ziska, again played by Ben Foster, he is tasked by this guy named Lord Borish, played by Michael Caine, or Michael Caine. And what he's supposed to do is he's supposed to kidnap, he's supposed to kidnap Lady Catherine, played by Sophie Lowe. If you look at her, if you actually look at Lady Catherine, played by Sophie Lowe in, in this movie and think, have I seen her before? If you have seen the underrated prime video film, Blow the Man Down, she is one of the leads in that film, and that movie is awesome. Anyways, Jan Ziska and his men kidnap Lady Catherine because it's sort of a political thing. There's a lot of intrigue. There's Matthew Good in this movie. There's Till Schweiger. So amidst all that, this political intrigue on unifying the throne and all that stuff, there's just a lot of action. Jan Ziska fighting and his men, fighting people, a lot of killings, a lot of brutality. Overall, oh, over, overall, it's that wasn't Eric barking. That's a dog barking. Overall, it's a pretty. I really enjoyed every single second of Medieval. I did not feel like it was a slog. My only regret it was I was not able to see this in the big screen. I like Ben Foster as a lead as well. Bruce, your thoughts on this movie on Medieval? Did it work for you? Two hours runs at two hours and six minutes. 
Yes, definitely too long for me uh, for what we got. It wasn't, um, it just wasn't um, to me outstanding in any way. Like it was absolutely mediocre in just about every way. Uh, Ben Foster was fine. Uh, I guess to me, the biggest problem in this movie is that it was not really well told. I, it wasn't clear what was going on. There was lots of exposition that I tuned out, toned out on. I know it's supposed to be based on something real. I know there's bad guys trying to get good guys and trying to get bad guys and trying to keep her and take her to somebody else. And somebody else wants her kidnapped so they can get some. I don't know what's going on. I just know that he's supposed to be the good guy and they're supposed to be the bad guys. And then, then people hit people with swords and uh, people fall down and die and other people don't die. And then... They have very strange tactics. I mentioned this to you that didn't make any sense to me. And maybe it's historical, but explain it to me how if you're a, I'm not going to say what the scene is, but if you're a military tactician and you're on one side and someone on the other side puts a whole bunch of smoke in front of you, don't you just wait for the smoke to clear and then go attack them? Like they can't reach you. Why would you go into the smoke and get attacked in the smoke when they have, give them the upper hand? So there's Bruce, a lot of, I, I wouldn't know. Like I'm, that. I'm not General Rommel. Yeah. Or I'm not a tactician. <laughs> I'm just a I mean, cinephile. There's just a, there's just a lot of things in this movie that were just. It felt like dress up. Like, hey, let's do some medieval dress up and go out and do one of those, uh, you know, LARPing things, and it'll it'll kind of have all the elements you're used to, but it won't really amount to much. And that's kind of where I fell on this. It was just me, and, and the title is. The title is singularly as unmemorable and mediocre as the movie itself. They just called it medieval. They could have just called it knights and swords or something, you know, and it would have been equally memorable. Or knights in white satin. I love this movie. I'm completely the opposite. When it hits Blu-ray or if it hits Blu-ray, I'm going to get it. I just, I love all the sword fighting and action. Ben Foster was convincing to me. No, no one. Ben Foster, Bruce, on you. You were eh, on the Ben Foster. I think he's good, but I don't think he makes sense in this role. He feels anachronistic to me in this role. I, I, I when I see him, I, no, it may not have been the same thing if I didn't know who he was. But seeing him in here, it was like, oh, hey, Ben Foster. Oh, you're pretending to be a knight. Okay, you're doing okay, but you're Ben Foster. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just could not see Ben Foster. Okay, Eric Holmes, dog noise in tow. What is your thoughts on medieval? Yeah, these guys are being assholes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's me. I'm an asshole. I know. <laughs> no, no, no. The dogs are being assholes. I, I, I brought them in the room thinking that they'll. Yeah. Anyway, that's. Hey, you're here with uh, dog talk with Eric, Greg, and Bruce. <laughs> but uh, which might actually be more interesting to talk about than medieval. Oh, you didn't like um, medieval either. You were, I, you I, I like out. this. I like medieval is like a, a you know a sword and well they're not wearing sandals like a like a knights fighting other knights like just on that level it kind of works they're not they're not going to let this happen we can't really hear them they barely hear them right now okay it's like blaring in my in my headphones so yeah yeah, so you're talking about medieval yeah medieval um like it's uh it's a knights fighting other knights and warriors it's you know it's uh kind of like what bruce says pretty mediocre um I like the action scenes. Um, there's a part, I, I don't think this gives anything away, but there's a part near a castle where uh, people fall off of a wall and somehow live through that. <laughs> there's, there's, there's certain, there's certain aspects of this movie where like uh, what would kill normal humans 
And what doesn't kill normal humans is kind of dependent on what the plot needs. And I, I know this is like based on a true story, but I'm not familiar with this story. Um, but also I'm, I kind of wasn't, um, this movie didn't get me real jazz to no more. Like with uh, breaking, we saw breaking. And as soon as I was done with that, I'm like, I need to know more. I need to know how much of this movie is bullshit and how much of it's true. And turns out a lot of it's true. So that, that was really interesting to go back and learn more about it. This didn't really do that for me. And I'm not quite sure what the, like what the, the bigger, the bigger point is. Um, but then also they had that scene with the lion and that was awesome. So, so like as, as an action movie and just an action movie, I, I thought this was pretty decent. Um, as a, as a true story or a larger comment on something else, I didn't really get much from that angle of it. All right, Medieval. Absolutely loved everything about this movie. For me, this is four and a half out of five stars. Great performances by Ben Foster, Sophie Lowe, Michael Caine, not in it too much, but great great to see Michael Caine in it. Uh, Matthew Good, very small role in this, but overall, epic adventure. I highly recommend it, especially if you love this genre of film. And uh, Peter Yako said he was very inspired during my interview with him, inspired by Mel Gibson's Braveheart. It has a little bit of that kind of flavor. Braveheart, if you love Kingdom of Heaven, Ridley Scott movies, you're going to hopefully enjoy parts of Medieval. So again, four and a half out of five for me. Bruce, your rating on Medieval? Um, I think I go two on this one. Two stars for Bruce on Medieval. And Eric, your rating on Medieval? I'll probably go a bit higher um, just because I, I did like the action scenes um, in certain parts. I'll probably go three stars on this. Three stars. Um, th- this is a movie that could have been great if they just gave it a little more, put a little more extra mustard on it. Um, but as it is, it's a decent action movie. I just wouldn't go in expecting much more than that. Okay, cool. Four and a half for me, three for Eric, and one. No, not one and a half. I was, I was still having that PTSD from Tiny Cinema. <laughs> Two stars from Bruce for Medieval. At least it's not negative 3,000 stars, which for some reason I gave 3,000 years of longing. By the way, Bruce, did you go to see 3,000 years of longing yet? Have you seen it? No, I'll, I'll probably yeah. watch it when it comes streaming somewhere, but I'm not yeah. going out of my way for it. I, I, yeah. I expect to be somewhat positively surprised by it because it's been so negatively pushed out mean at, at this point that I'll think it may be a little bit better than I think, you know? That said, I mean, Eric gave it four and a half stars and Anderson Cowan liked it. I think he almost liked it as much as The Gray Man. Are there any other people who really loved 3,000 Years of Longing? Have you heard anyone? Eric, have you heard any other people other than you and Anderson uh, and a bunch of other people who I, enjoyed I, it? I think like the, the, the Rotten Tomato scores are decent, like in the oh, really? 70s or whatever. But, oh, cool. Um, yeah, the re- reviews I hear are kind of all over the place, which I think you know, is fair for 3000 miles or 3000 years of longing. Cause it, I, I think it is one of those movies that, you know, you're going to, you're going to come at it. It's just like, like tiny cinema. All the great movies have different <laughs> varying, uh, varying uh, opinions on them. But 3000 years of longing, I think is definitely one of them. In fact, Greg, you, you didn't like it at all. As I recall. Yeah. I, I gave it negative 3000 stars. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, that's just so ridiculous that I even put that there. I mean, a week later, I still, I, I, you know, I gave it initially professionally. I should give it two stars, which I, get, I actually gave it. But yet last week it was, I was, I made a low hanging fruit joke saying 3000 yeah. years of lying deserves minus 3000 stars. And that's 
a lot of BS because a week later, now I'm going to give it minus 6,000 stars. It goes, <laughs> it goes down 3,000 every single week. I think about this movie. It just goes down, down and down. Here's what they said. Like, you're right, Eric. Audience score is 73%. And tomato meter is 71%. So who knows? Maybe Bruce yeah. Berkey will also really enjoy it and not give it negative 6,000 stars, which I gave 3,000 years of longing. What's up, listeners? Force 5 is a show about movie-related top five lists, hosted by me, Blacklist screenwriter and ex-video store cinephile Jason Kleberg. I have a new guest on each week, and the guest gets to pick the topic. Past guests have included film directors, screenwriters, actors, critics, comedians, rappers, artists, and other podcasters. Love or hate our picks, you're guaranteed to walk away thinking, what would be on my list? Search Force 5 wherever you get your pods or head to force5podcast.com. Now let's get to a movie called Salome, and I am mispronouncing it, and I don't mean to make light of this movie, and I apologize if I did, because this movie at running at 84 minutes is is an amazing, amazing movie. And here's the th- IMDb summary. It's 2003. Three mercenaries extracting a drug lord out of Guinea-Bissau are forced to hide in the mystical region of Saloum, Senegal. So what happens is these three mercenaries, they're bond- they're pretty much joined at the hip. They're really good friends. And they're. it opens up with a very just one of the most memorable openings you you'll see just actually spotify i i put the the band or the group who did the opening track on my spotify playlist it's just a tour de force opening moment i i think i don't even know if it's a steady cam one track shot but it just really puts you right in the middle of some kind of conflict there's a lot of dead bodies and they retrieve a case and also a drug trafficker as well these three mercenaries i believe the the drug trafficker is Mexican. They go on a plane and they're supposed to do some kind of handoff. And inside this, they have the drug trafficker. They have a suitcase filled with gold, gold bars. And so they're on their way to actually a really big payday in a plane. But what happens is their plane gets stranded and because of a malfunction and they find themselves in Salome, Senegal. And once they stay there, they realized, okay, well, they're going to shack up for a couple of days until they find fuel for their plane. But what happens is they start realizing the place that they're shacking up with, with other inhabitants of that area, there is something going on in the region that may not be very good for their respective fates. This movie also combines different elements of just Westerns. When you look at the poster, it's a person with a red glove holding a six shooter, I guess, or whatever. I'm not good with guns, but it looks like a Western, but there's also supernatural thriller elements there's a little bit of, I don't know, a little bit of humor in this as well. And it's just beautiful filmmaking by writer-director Jean-Luc Herbelot. And I'm mispronouncing the names, but this is one of these movies that I will really remember by the end of the year. It it actually starts streaming on Shutter September 8th. I This was a recommendation from Bruce Perkey. We're going to get to you, Bruce, in a second. Eric, your thoughts on Saloon. Saloon. Uh This one's really good. Like, really good. And I'm just, I've been great between this and tiny cinema. I've been greasing up the shirt cannon all, all week. So, um, it, right off the bat, I, I got like heavy Sicario vibes from this. And, and then it, it takes a turn. Um, don't know if we should say what the turn is, although I think the, the, the trailer gives it away. If you haven't seen the trailer, don't just go into this movie cold because there's another movie I'd like to compare it to, uh, but we're, Probably not be a good idea. Um, uh, 
but yeah, the, this is a really, it, it, it starts off in a way and it's got like really, really cool, like Sicario type action to it. Um, and then there's like a, just a bunch of really great character moments. I, I pretty much love every actor in this. Um, just watching them kind of go back when they have their quiet moments where they're talking, that's really good. And then when they get into the action, Oh man, it gets fucking awesome. Um, the actors are very good in this movie. The actors are excellent. The lead, Jan Jan Gael, he looks like a a real lead. Is that the, is that the the, Chaka? Chaka. Chaka. Oh, Chaka. Yeah. He's very good. Who's the, who's the, the white haired guy? I don't know who the white haired guy is. He's like a, he's like a shaman or something. He's, he's a, a minuet, minuet, uh, and he's mentor ba. played by mentor ba, yeah. yeah, mentor ba, and Roger Sala is the other guy. Roger Sala is the other guy. The 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 deaf lady. Oh, and that and that whole scene where they're like where they're like uh, talking to each other in sign language. That part was awesome. At the table, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, you, you want to talk about like talk about like uh, just something going right under everyone's nose, and only a couple people at the table knows what's going on. There was a so before there will be blood came out. I I had read the script because it was online, and there was a uh, um, maybe in the movie you remember. There's a scene where uh, uh, oh, what's uh, Daniel Plainview's son H W Plainview H W Yeah, yeah. There's a scene in the script where he's watching uh, Daniel Plainview and the guy that claims to be his brother talking back and forth. Um, but whenever it cuts to him, it sounds cut out. So he's just, he's just looking at body language. And so he knew that uh, Daniel Plainview's brother, air quote brother was full of shit the whole time. And then they cut it out of the movie. I was like, Oh, that scene was fucking awesome. Why, why they cut it out. And that, that's why in the movie, he burns down the, he burns down the thing while his uh, air quote brother is asleep. This has that scene, not that exact scene, but this has a scene that that just like got my, the hairs on the back of my neck standing up uh, when they're talking at the dinner table, and then it and then it goes places I wasn't because I hadn't seen the trailer before. I did not know it was going in the direction that it was going, and much like medieval, this has a bunch of really great action, but it also has a lot more going on to it. Um, not just uh, with the stuff that happens at the turn, but there's like. Uh, like kind of uh social and personal issues with the characters um and a little bit of mystery that kind of unfolds yeah this this movie's i think the only where this the only place this movie really falls off a little bit is not the ending but like towards the end uh there's a little bit of it that gets a little a little too silly but then it brings it right back and i think that the parts that i that i not, not that i hate the parts that i don't like on this are going to be like one of what movie did we talk about? There was like a movie that's like, oh, this part I didn't like, but if I watch it, you know, by the time I watch it twenty more times, I don't care anymore. This is kind of like that. All any sort of gripes I have on this movie, once I watch it a bunch more times, those gripes go away immediately. This is just really good. Cool, Bruce. Your thoughts on this movie? I'm I'm really similar to Eric on this too. I I think there's a few things I would point out. First of all, if we didn't have dinner in America, this would be the probably the best dinner scenes in yeah. the for the year in movies for sure because just like he talked about there's a, there's scene there's there is multiple levels of dramatic things happening at this dinner table both spoken and unspoken which i haven't quite seen played out that way but the other things i would point out this we talked about medieval for me which didn't really work and both movies have lots of stuff going on lots of different 
story elements, lots of different characters. And to me, this is the way you do it and really let the audience know what's going on. This On paper, this doesn't make sense at all. This is a mishmash of so many different things, but there's so much style and so much energy and things put together in a way that I haven't quite seen before in quite this way, which is is exciting to me, even when it is rough around the edges in certain places, which I think Eric is kind of getting at. Certain things don't quite work, but you forgive it because they're trying so much audacious stuff and doing so much stuff that does work. Perfect example, too. You have a Three characters, you really quickly identify them, differentiate them. Each character you know, you may not know their names. You go like, there's the dreadlock dude that's kind of mystical and weird. There's the kind of tough guy. And there's the other guy that's kind of the leader, but he's kind of got something going on. And like, why do they knock him out when they put him in a canoe? Like, what's that all about? So there's a lot of really cool, simple character stuff that sets things apart and draws you in as a viewer, I think. And it looks cool. For a low-budget movie, there's a lot of style to this movie as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, it – it, and it was funny because I had just seen like half of the trailer when I suggested this, and I stopped myself because I didn't want to see any more in the trailer. Kind of the same way it's like Eric said, don't watch the trailer. I agree. But I watched enough to go like, okay, this looks interesting. I'll check this out. And then when I watched this, I was thinking to myself, well, it isn't really Tarantino, but – because it isn't that style exactly. It doesn't really do what Tarantino does, but – you know, when you see the first Tarantino, you get this kind of energy and, and I don't know, just boldness of filmmaking. And I kind of see that here. This is something where it's like, I want to see what this director does next. I'm very interested, you know, and this might be something you look back at and go like, okay, they didn't quite hit it all in that first movie, but there was a lot of stuff they were trying out. And then three movies later, you see them just really make a masterpiece. I could see this being that kind of filmmaker. This movie is only 84 minutes, but it feels like two hours in a good, good way because of everything that it puts in into the soup. I thought it was a really fully fleshed film. And look, there are moments which, is it a perfect movie? Probably not. There, but like Bruce was saying, it's so all over the place that I just love where it was going, the direction. It was just haphazard, seemingly so. But towards the end, everything congeals together. There is a... There is a death sequence in this movie that is very memorable and it deals with – it's a death sequence that is also a very empathetic sequence that is it felt real to me. Uh, this movie feels real. It also feels very supernatural and fantastical and violent and abrasive and so many other things. I, f I have a feeling that upon a second viewing, I'm going to love this movie even more. So I'm just going to say it right now. Yeah. Not not a perfect movie, but a perfect movie for me. Salome, for me, gets five out of five stars. Okay, Bruce, what is your rating on this movie? I'm going to go – I say I've been torn on this one. I'm going to go four and a half, but it'll probably end up on my year-end list just because of, of how much I enjoyed a, pretty much everything about it, except it was just sort of rough around the edges, and a couple of the narrative things didn't quite work. I think the ending kind of wanted a little more there. But I might be like you, like I might go up on a second viewing too. And I will Audacious. remember this movie. And yeah. remembering a movie is, is something, right? <laughs> we see a lot of movies and we might, a week later, we might not even remember it. And this one I will not forget. And can I underline like three more times the, uh, was it Jan Gael who plays Chaka? Oh, so good. This guy has got charisma for days. And if someone isn't snapping him up and putting him in either international films or bring him to America and give him some American action, I don't know what he's going to do, but he can do everything because he has the emotion. He has the, he has the, the pathos, but he presence. also has the presence and he has 
just an action. Like, I mean, he has a face you want to watch. <laughs> you want to watch this guy. So yeah, yeah. And in fairness, like like Eric was saying, the rest of the cast is they're they're very good too. So they're all very yeah. very memorable. Just a memorable movie all around. That is four and a half stars for Bruce. Five stars with for me, Eric. You're rating on Salome. Yeah. The, uh, again, this any gripes I have are going to go away after I watch this more. The, the, I gotta I gotta do five stars. It's like it, it's just and like Bruce said, I want to see everything these filmmakers do. Um, in fact, it's so good. The dogs are going crazy because they know I'm talking about this movie and they want to talk about how great it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, this, this movie is just completely badass. And I, I just think everyone should just watch it. Okay. Speaking of everyone just watch it, watching it. This is available, I believe, on Shutter starting September 8th. If you have a Shutter subscription and you're not watching this movie, what are you doing with the money that you're spending on Shutter? Seriously, just watch this movie. Okay. We all love this movie. Even Bruce, even though he gave it four and a half stars, he said he might even put it, put it to five stars down the road. It might be a year end because how audacious this movie is. I mean, it's so audacious. There are flourishes in this movie that all three of us have probably missed upon first watch. Okay, there's so oh, many yeah. things. There, yeah, right? There's so many freaking things going on in this movie. I love this movie so much. All right, now let's get to our recommendations. Bird Boy. Is Bird Boy Bruce, what is this? Is it as good as Saloon? Is it all, or maybe medieval or tiny cinema? Where does it rank within these films that we've just mentioned? It could be good as one of those movies. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's like it's a wide, wide range. Uh, Bird Boy is a Spanish movie from 2015. It just popped up, so... This is on Shutter right now. It's also on, I believe, uh, I wrote down a Canopy and AMC Plus. So every couple of days, Shutter will pop up two or three movies, and they popped up three animated movies. They popped up Perfect Blue. They popped up Mind Game, which I talked about a couple of weeks ago, and this movie. And I'm like, okay, those other two movies are awesome. So I guess I better check out Bird Boy because Bird Boy is here too. So Bird Boy is directed by, um, it's a Spanish movie, animated, directed by. Uh, Pedro Rivero and Alberto Vasquez. These two guys, Alberto Vasquez, if I got it right, he's the main creator of the look and the animation and everything of this movie. He's got a new movie coming out this year, which we need to watch. I think it's coming out in a few months in America. It's called Unicorn Wars. So I'm interested in this movie because this movie's cool that I'm talking about now. And the, the other guy in this that was involved in this is uh, Pedro Rivero. And he was also the writer of The Platform which came out a couple of years ago. If you remember that movie that came out on Netflix, this movie, I'm not going to describe it in total detail because there's a lot going on here, but let's just say it's the most cute characters like little foxes and bunnies and a little bird boy guy. And you got little pigs and it's in a post-apocalyptic super dark world. And it is actually called bird boy, the forgotten children. This is really about the effects <laughs> <laughs> that parenting and bad parenting can have on kids. And it's done in this incredibly unique and weird and creative, like dark fantasy world. And it's impossible to describe without seeing it. It's only about 70 minutes long. Once again, 70 minutes. How can you go wrong? It's beautiful. It's not that Japanese anime style. It's a totally different style of, of animation. So that's kind of cool and interesting. Uh, it's just fantastic. This is a really great movie. Is it almost, is it, um, does that does it have any flaws? Because you know, I think is it manipulative the, or at all? Or no, I don't think it is. I think if it has any flaws, it's just a little too dark, probably for some people. Like there's not enough rays of sunshine. I think there's some moments of beauty, and there's like there's 
tiny like shafts of hope through the darkness, <laughs> but this is a very dark film. And so there are going to be a lot of moments where you're like, Oh no, now you're kicking me again. So I think that would be the hardest thing for some people is just, they, they want to go in this, they see this cute little bunny or this cute little rabbit or this cute little bird boy. And they're like, Oh, okay, fun. <laughs> no, not fun. <laughs> so Bruce, you know what I just did right now? I just, from 2017, I went to my Gmail account. I saw an email that had black over it, meaning I had not opened it. I just opened up an invite from a publicist from December 11th, 2017. Opening day invite. G-Kids to release Bird Boy, the Forgotten Children in Los Angeles. And me being the responsible movie critic journalist I am, I just opened it up five years later. And just, I did not cover this. And it looks really beautiful. Oh, my goodness. Based on the graphic novel Cyanotis by Alberto Vasquez. And it has a whole... Plotline, plot summary, photo and materials that I could have accessed. And no, I just opened it now. I'm a horrible human being. So you would highly recommend this movie. What's your rating on this on this movie? Bird Boy, uh, The Forgotten Children, yes. My rating is four and a half. It could also go up. But I would say you, if you're familiar or like one or both of the other two movies I watched, that should be recommendation. Whoever curated it knows these are all three good movies. If you haven't seen this one like I hadn't, go watch it. Okay. Very, very good. All right. So, Eric, do you have a recommendation for this week? Do you have any uh, recommends? You have, I think you saw a couple of good ones. What you got, Eric? Uh, yeah. Well, I got one recommendation. Uh, I got another one that I saw. <laughs> okay. Let's start with the one you saw and you're telling people not to see it, hopefully. I mean, I mean, no, no, that, it, it's not a, it's weird. It's, it's, uh, Elvis, the yeah. Baz Lerman joint. Mm-hmm. Um, this is probably the most Baz Lerman movie that i've seen um this probably his best one but i mean for i'm not really a fan of his too much so that's not saying a whole lot um but this is basically a movie about colonel parker Uh, this is more of a biopic on colonel parker than it is elvis um elvis is you know it's about how colonel parker manipulates elvis and gets him to do whatever um there's I had one big problem with uh, one of the scenes in this where it was Elvis and Priscilla's first kiss. Like seconds after the movie mentions that she's like 13 or 14 years old. And uh, it's like they, they got like the, they got the, the, the romantic music playing and it's just lit just perfect. And it's supposed to be this romantic moment and it's played as this romantic moment. It's like, dude, she's a teenager. Dude. <laughs> But, uh, I mean, this isn't, you know, the movie's not really about Elvis. It's, it is, it is, but it's more about how Colonel Parker manipulates him. And uh, basically, um, yeah, there's there's a bunch of uh, really flashy, uh, flashy titles and flashy, a lot of bright colors and stuff. Um, that this, doesn't sound like the Baz Luhrmann I know. No, <laughs> no, no, no. So would not you recommend all. it or not? Is it so it's not you're not a Baz Luhrmann guy, but is it for people who like Baz Luhrmann should see it or what didn't oh. what didn't work for you regarding Elvis? I I think what didn't work for me was this was like just at at uh, this was turned up to 11 the entire way through. And so it kept me awake. It kept me uh it kept <laughs> me um I guess uh, entertain if you want or uh paying attention throughout the whole I I certainly wasn't bored watching this. But at the same time, you know, it's like a uh, it's like a roller coaster that only goes down until it's done. Uh, there's no there's no uh, real moments that you can kind of stop and pause for a bit. 
Um, I mean, if you can hear the dog, he he didn't like it much either. <laughs> he thought it was a bit much. But uh, at the same time, it uh, just like Tiny Cinema, if you're like, you know, if you're like 10, 15 minutes in and you're digging it, good for you because it, it maintains it maintains that level of uh, just Baz Luhrmann throughout the entire thing. So this is a two-star movie for you, three-star? We give it. I'd say I kind of want to go one star banger. One star. <laughs> one star banger. One star. Yes. Yeah. One. one because star. It, okay. it, it's there. There's a couple. There's a couple points in this movie where it, it tries to get a little like you know Martin Luther King, and then everything stops, and it's like, oh, he was a great guy, and <laughs> and cool, and then the movie just goes back up to eleven, and it stops. Oh wait, JFK died. Oh my God, that's like the president stuff. He was a great guy, and then the movie goes back to to like so. It's it's kind of when it is trying to be thoughtful, it comes off a little hokey, a little cheesy, mm-hmm. pretty much all the way through. And it's 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 a lot. It's relentless as as far as like the Baz Luhrmann goes. But okay, also, so, oh yeah, go, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> you're, you're gonna say. Uh, then also rewound uh, RRR, mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna say too much about it. Um, because it's it's been talked to death. Yeah. The one thing I was now I'm watching this and I'm going okay. Bruce likes weird shit sometimes, so I'd see why he. <laughs> I, I, I can see why he likes this, but I also know Anderson really loves this movie, and I could not for the life of me figure that out because I would not have watched this movie going. Oh, you know who'd like this, Anderson? <laughs> like so that 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 kind of uh, confused me a little bit. But I, I did like the – this was kind of similar to Elvis in that it's a lot going on all the time. Uh, but this this pumps the brakes once in a while. So I think it, it kind of uh, – it's a little easier to handle. And also, this doesn't seem to – it's weird. This takes itself seriously, kind of, but in like a really strange way. Kind of like a – almost like if a Sharknado movie was like better, but also like took itself – enough seriously that it wasn't like haha we're in on the joke too um but yeah this, this was this had some pretty good action some very questionable cgi uh <laughs> acting was and people were acting i guess um and but love the, this the, review i i'm totally posting this love this go ahead yeah, give it a the, bad review yeah the, i'm, I'm the, trolls give it give it your give it your rating eric a movie that's universally beloved by cinephiles all over the world yeah. as a masterpiece what is your what is your thoughts? I'm I'm just I'm just mostly confused by this because I don't understand why people love this movie, but they'll shit on like Enter the Ninja or Revenge of the Ninja, which I think is just as good. Is it, wait, are those movies? Do they star Shokasugi? Shokasugi. Yeah. So you're saying the Shokasugi movies are better than RRR? No, they're they're on the they're on the same level. On the same this level. Is, this is just a newer version with better cinematography and about equally as good special effects. I love this. But right. uh, yeah, the, the RRR for me is a total three star banger. Um, oh, so you liked I, it? Three stars? Yeah, oh yeah, no, I, I I did like it. My confusion is why other people like it because I I like movies that are similar to this that people hate, and then so I would watch our like had I been the first one to watch RRR, I'd be like you guys would totally hate it, and then to have so many people like be behind this movie and love it, I'm happy for it. I I don't get what the difference between this and other movies similar that they hate. It, 
I, I'm just a little confused as all. Okay. So that's three stars for RRR. Uh, three star banger. Three star banger. So I guess you really liked it uh, in that way. I, I think a lot of people are giving it just five stars, the highest rating. I just, I'm just avoiding it because everyone's loving it so much. So I'm one of those people. I, I would, I would, I would watch it. And okay. All right. It, it's right. almost as good as 3000 years of longing. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost, you know, I'm giving, I'm giving a 3,000 years of longing actually just because of that remark, negative 9,000 stars. <laughs> but you know, I'm going to give a positive 9,000 stars to one of our sort of, uh, in a way, our shadow fourth person on our, on every episode. That, that would be Peter Beta, the, uh, the dude behind the creator behind middle class film class with his buddies, Tyler Noe and Joseph Navarro. Hey, I'm not going to say how much he uh, skins his beats or beats his skins as a drummer, <laughs> but he is still, thank you, Eric, for that. I wanted to segue from Bruce. Can, do you have like, some kind of woody segue regarding Pete and his drums and his and his sticks? How he beat bleeds <laughs> the drums or he beat... just doesn't he doesn't beat him or skin him or whatever you're saying. He or just bleed drops, him. He just drops him. Okay, Pete. That said, please drop that beat. Hey there, classmates. Tune in to Middle Class Film Class every Monday and Wednesday for weekly movie news, streaming picks, and one deep dive review. The Batman trailer. There was a teaser. There was a trailer. Trailer one, trailer two. Final trailer? I don't know if it's the same one. How many trailers do we need exactly? Leave an email or a voicemail to join in the discussion. Bullshit artist! Uh, <laughs> yeah, buddy! All right. awesome. You're going full Danzig. That's right, I am. My, my trans you have no power over me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so <laughs> this week, I was supposed to watch this weird Czechoslovakian 1970 folk horror that's like three hours long and it's not really easy to find so i just just made an audible and picked another movie from the box and i did buffaloed which i can see easily on hulu and is about 90 minutes uh and that was i think you said suggested oh suggested by um one of the two hosts of walk the cinema i believe the first time they talked to eric he got that box recommendation yeah so um, that kind of is a good segue, too, because I will be – I was supposed to talk to him last weekend, but they had uh, something going on. So I'm supposed to record with him this weekend, and we're going to talk about The Innocents. So keep a lookout for that coming up soon. And oh, my goodness. I saw this movie. I like yeah. this movie. This was, a, th- this was a cool film. This is an un- – yeah. I mean, I think – Eric, I think you should watch Buffalo. This is a really – I thought this was going to be a star. I mean, Zoe Deutsch is still a star, but I thought yep. this was an, un- this is an underrated performance by Zoe Deutsch. She's yes. going to get a lot because of that Hulu. What's that movie that she was recently in? Um, the, uh, oh, okay. God, what is it called? It's not a memorable name, but it's like about social media and stuff. It's really good. It's really right. Good the, not okay. She was in not okay. okay yeah. She's getting a lot of run for that. But this indie film, I, if I recall, sorry to, sorry to Buffalo your review, Bruce, but <laughs> no, you're fine. Pop <laughs> okay. on in, man. Sorry, sorry to Buffalo, New York, your, your review, Bruce, but I remember actually really digging this movie and. Yeah, I I feel I'm so glad that you let talk about it because this is some this is a movie I feel more people should watch. Yeah, so it's on Hulu. It's like you said, stars Zoe Deutsch as Peg, uh, and it's 2019. This is directed by uh, Tanya Wexler. Uh, this movie, uh, it, it's it has one of those movies that's like fast paced. Has a lot of like voiceover from her. She is uh like uh really living you know blue collar Buffalo, New York. And she wants to make money and she wants to make it. And she's trying to figure out how to do it. Her mom's in, in debt collection all the time. Her brother's just kind of this loser who like wants to buy a bar, but doesn't really have a way to do it. And she's just trying to figure out an angle. And she is getting called one time by one of the debt collectors. 
And she's a real, like, kind of a, uh, she's a talker. She, like, really can, like, you know, get an angle on anything. And this debt collector calls her, and she starts talking to the debt collector. And she starts telling the debt collector what a terrible job they're doing convincing her and how they should do it. And while she's doing that, she says, where do you work? And then she goes to the debt collection place and thus begins her career as this kind of debt collector scam person. And it becomes kind of a really like um, blue collar rise to <laughs> kind of rise to, you know, power in her own sphere of like shady debt collection and kind of the infights she has with the other debt collectors and the law. And she's kind of dating this. Uh, assistant DA that's kind of investigating her too. There's lots of really fun angles in here. Lots of really great dialogue, great characters, witty, broad characters, but sort of very fun characters. And as I was watching this, I started thinking, you know what this movie is? This movie is the shorter, more fun version, better version of the Wolf of Wall Street. If you're like me and you think the Wolf of Wall Street is kind of like a slog where you actually don't like any of the characters or like even watching it, which is me, I've tried watching it twice and I've never made it to the end, watch this movie instead. If you're like me, watch this movie instead. I was also surprised by surprised by Buffalo from my recollection is it is funny. There are some serious moments in this movie, but by the mm-hmm. end of the film, you actually felt like you were part of this little piece of of this world that you've never yeah. known about. Did you feel that way that like it's a singular yeah. type of experience? So, yeah. And she is a, such a, uh, it's a, such a singular job by her. It's a tour de force really for this small role. Cause she has to play kind of likable, but kind of not likable. And just this brash, bold character that you kind of love, but you kind of hate to love and kind of love to hate, you know, some of those kind of things. And it's just funny. And yeah, it's, it's one of those, one of those movies where you have a family of characters that are really weird, but they're, they are legitimately quirky, not like Wes Anderson quirky. You know what I mean? Like they're not written quirky. They're written as individual characters and that makes them quirky. You know what I mean? And it's, this is fun. This is just a no brainer. I think for people that want just a straight up meat and potatoes, entertaining ride, you know, it's great. Is this a three and a half out of five for you, Bruce, or a four? I think it's a four, but if I watched it again, I might even go up on this one because this is one of those movies I can imagine rewatching and just loving the scenes. But I'm going to give it four for now, but it's it's really good. This is a and it's on Hulu, so you, you can watch it so easily. No reason not to. Yeah, I, I'm surprised I forgot about this movie. This movie has its own flavor, and I feel I'm going to give it four stars as well. I'm, I'm going to jump on this many reviews well with nice. you. This is just from <laughs> no, no, thank you from this memory on the the box movie. I just. Really enjoyed it. Hopefully, one of these days, Eric, on a rewind, you'll get to... I think, actually, Eric Holmes would really enjoy Buffalo because the way it portrays some of these characters... Jai Courtney is very good in this movie as well. This is one of my, his best yep. performances. He's so <laughs> he's so annoying in this movie. There's so many good things about this movie. It's just like having a good piece of pizza or a nice meal that has its own kind of... Yes. There, there's something about the spaghetti. It's like the if you're having a family-style spaghetti, but for some reason, this family-style spaghetti sounds tastes different. So I'm sorry. Can, can I mention one other little thing? And tell me if you feel this from your memory of this movie. You know how you have these movies that are about an area and a group of people that are kind of stereotypical for that area, like like Moonstruck or something, right? Mm-hmm. Some of those movies feel like they're punching down and they're making fun of the people. This movie feels like it's it's 
with them. Like you're making fun of some of the stuff that they do in their lives, but it's from an insider doing that. Like it's someone who lives in that world saying, isn't this silly that we do this, but we still love it. So I think it's, it's, uh, it's lovingly making kind of joking with it as opposed to punching down. It a hundred percent. It's a well-etched story. And also what's even worse, almost on the level is punching down when you have these movies that are, give you a slice of life of the supposedly small town or whatever town and it's Oscar bait. And you realize, yeah. Hey, this is a movie that's completely this is not. <laughs> yeah. No, this is no Buffalo is not, this is its own little flavor. So yeah. Eric, you need to see Buffalo very, very soon. Maybe that might be a rewind for you. Might be uh, what's what's in the cardboard box for Eric Holmes. <laughs> and hopefully, the way I'm figuring it right now, the guest dog might be in the cardboard box next week regarding with all the noise that do- that dog is doing. Yes, the Eric. guest dog's going to be in a cardboard box as soon as we're done recording. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Speaking, speaking of what's in the box, it's not a cardboard. What kind of box do you have, Bruce? What material is it? It's wood. Okay. Oh, wood. Very wood box. What you got, it's Bruce? Wood. What you got in your wood? <laughs> I got some wood in my box. Wait, where else would you put the wood? I don't know. I'm just going to stop right now. Uh, hey, look at Here we go. Let's see. What do we got? Um, oh, my God. This is going to be – I hope I can find this one. This is one that post, it posted up. Uh, Joseph Bridges was posting just – you know, Joseph Bridges posted like two weird movies a day, and I forget about him because he's posted like – 600 movies that year. And then I go back like, oh yeah, he posted about that like eight months ago. Uh, this is called Funeral Parade of the Roses. Funeral Parade uh, of the Roses. Okay. I believe it's a 60s black and white Japanese trippy mod, something that probably inspired Tarantino. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah. Funeral Parade of the Roses. Okay, you know what? Before, oh, Eric, did you want to say something? You have something on your in your funeral parade of the roses. I actually have heard this, of this movie. I don't know why it's. Oh, it looks like you, it's on Canopy. Oh, it's, it's on Canopy. Free HD. So yeah, okay. this, yeah, this appears to be available somewhat. I, I don't know how easy it is to find because in Canopy, that one that like uh, is like region specific. It's libraries, but like a lot of areas don't have it attached to their libraries, like. Alabama. <laughs> so we don't get the, we don't get canopy. They don't care about books over here. It's all about like football and chicken. You'll mm. get Star Wars, nothing else, and you'll like it. It's fo- football right. and chicken. Wait, Bruce. So now football starting. What is your environment like? Are you, a, are you a football person? Do you do fantasy football? Are there a lot of football uh, enthusiasts around in your environment and your community? Is it a big football town where you're from? Well, you have to understand Alabama, it's only college football because Alabama like wins the national championship, like pretty much every year. There are no professional sports teams in Alabama, not one. So, so everybody here will be wearing red Alabama or possibly Auburn, but mostly red Alabama. So you'll be walking in stores and you'll just see like, you know, 50 year old women with like Alabama pajamas and stuff on. And you're just like, why, why is this happening? Are you, but, do uh, you don the colors, Bruce, for, um, I'm not really, if I have a fan of anything, I, I will watch like pro football sometimes, but I honestly don't root anymore for a team. I'll just watch them and go like, okay, I'll pick a team when I'm watching it just kind of randomly in the background, but I don't care that much. Okay. And not, neither your sons, they don't, they don't, they're not big football guys. They're really not football guys. They walk by if I have a football game on, they're like, oh, dad, you're being such a dad. <laughs> they just walk by. <laughs> dad, you're just being such a dad. Well, you know what? If they don't want football, maybe you'll actually have them watch Buffalo on Hulu. 
And in lieu of the barking dog, we are going to actually postpone the Big Red One, uh, just a conversation of it, for about a week. But before we go, let's get some quick reactions regarding the Big Red One, which, listeners, I'm going to actually have Eric and Bruce's little quick mini review, and then we're going to talk about it in depth next week for our episode. But Eric Holmes, first off, the Big Red One, directed by written and written by Samuel Fuller, is this worth a watch? Should people pay money to rent it? As a yes. tease for next, okay. Yeah. And in fact, uh, there's a scene at the end with uh, Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill, mm-hmm. uh, in a furnace. Yes, it was really well done. Okay. I also wanted to point out that uh, second unit director Louis Teague and Monty Hellman were both second unit directors on this movie. Oh, very good. That's a great so, little uh, tidbits. Eric Holmes will have some more tidbits next week. He had no control over that dog. It's a guest dog. He was he and his family were being nice to uh, to their friends, and that's me being nice to friends is something I'm. It's completely foreign to me. It's very alienoid to me. Bruce Perky. By the way, I'm the one who loved Alienoid, not Eric and Bruce. Just remember when you think about it, you liked it. Actually, if you love Alienoid, watch RRR. Those two are so similar to each other. It's kind of ridiculous. (laughs) Very, very good. And check out our review of Alienoid on our Deepest Dream YouTube channel. We also have a cinematic YouTube channel. Most importantly, Bruce Berkey mentioned Joseph Bridges, the aforementioned Joseph Bridges on Funeral Parade of Roses. Joseph Bridges is an esteemed member of our Cinematics Facebook group and... If you want to hear our daily recommendations or from cinephiles who I would say are even better than me, Bruce and Eric, I don't know if you guys are going to rebut that. Some really interesting members of our Cinematics Facebook group go to join and listen to some really great daily movie insights from Joseph Bridges, Matt Stillman. Matt Stillman, we'll talk about Matt Stillman next week about the big red one. A lot, a lot of different people. And also Brad Finney, who now has his own podcast, a lot of podcasters on our group. As per usual, Bruce Perky, final... Oh. I'm not going to say final thoughts. Bruce, should people watch the big red one in preparation for our, our quick discussion next week on Samuel Fuller and why? I would say absolutely. It's it's very unique. I won't get too much into details, but it's very unique and different take on World War II. And I think in a lot of ways hits some of the points that you get in, in Saving Private Ryan, but does it in a broader and more it's hard to describe. It's a very unique movie. When we talk about it, we'll talk about it. I would say the the trivia and the making of information about this movie is equally as interesting as the movie, if not more so. This is a pretty incredible production right here. Very incredible production. We'll be talking about it next week. Actually, in a, in a, weird, in a weird way, it's a really cool thing because it'll give me more time to actually watch the special features. And I'm going to talk to Bruce and Eric about the cut that they saw. The cut, if you do see the big red one, here's the big, here's the big warning. It's 113 minutes. I believe it's 113 minutes. You can rent and purchase it, I believe, on YouTube or all these digital outlets. Yeah, it's everywhere. Uh, it's, it's everywhere. Okay, thanks, Bruce. And yeah, the thing is, it's a cut version. It's the cut version that Samuel Fuller died. He died in 97, and this was the only version that he was able to see on screen. And he died thinking that his cut was... A, he was actually... Well, we'll talk about it next week. The big red one. I, there's so <laughs> many things I want to say about it. But Bruce, final thoughts. Oh, looks like Eric wants to say something I, first. Yeah, I, I, I got, I got one. So I, I saw a, a version of the Big Red One. Mm-hmm. Uh, for anyone that wants to catch up, that you said there's an extended version, right? We could, what we would could. be a hallmark of that? That would be like, how would I know if I saw the extended version or the theatrical? Version? That's a good question. There's only one way you can watch the reconstructed cut, Eric, and you have to actually specifically buy the reconstructed cut on DVD, which I have. Okay. And so most people will be watching 
the 113-minute version, and that's going to be the one that you and Bruce will be reviewing next week. Right. The good news about it is, from what I'm hearing, both of you are going, going to give the movie positive reviews. Yeah. So it's a positive film, but yes. yes, sir. I, I also wanted to uh, just kind of give people a heads up that this movie's got some comedy in it. Not what I was expecting when I saw it. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> yeah. A certain scene inside of a tank. A little sillier than it probably some, would have been in some, any yeah, other there's, movie. There's some, yeah, there's some silly stuff. There's a, <laughs> I don't want to give too much away, but yeah, there's some, you know what? Who knows? Maybe next week, because we're not going to talk about it this week that much, um, we'll, we'll get into some spoilerific discussion. Maybe we'll do a hodgepodge right. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah let's do fun. that. Okay. Yeah, since, since we're doing that, let's just, let's just go full on spoilers when we're talking about Eric, it. don't ever tell me what to do ever again. Don't I'm ever. I'm always going to tell you what to do because I love you and I care about you. Okay. Just because I, I forgive you because you were, you've been wearing those Greg Slick shirts for the last couple of weeks and I, I love you for it. <laughs> okay. Speaking of person, one person who doesn't wear the Greg Slick shirts, Bruce Berkey, final thoughts. Uh, final thoughts is uh, this month's Find Your Frame game. If you're not playing it, check it out. I'm doing a very weird and unique version this month. This month I'm picking very well-known movies, but I'm inserting those movies into an AI generator to create AI-generated digital photos based on the movie title. So it kind of evens the playing field and makes it very odd and will give you probably nightmare fuel for every one of your movies. Bruce, you're a very weird person. We'll see you guys next week here <laughs> on Find Your Film. Take care, guys, especially Bruce Berkey. 